Well, hello there, and welcome to episode one of Tea with the Hatter. I appreciate you being here. I'm very excited to finally get this thing off the ground. It's been a long time coming, and uh, it's time. I figured we'd bring this thing right back to where it started. About nine months ago, I did a guest appearance on a good friend show called Upstate Unconventional with Nico. It started kind of a string of guest appearances that hasn't really stopped since then. I've had a ton of fun doing it, and it felt fitting to... Uh, kind of include him in telling my story and getting this thing off the ground. So we did a swap cast together. We talked about some stuff that I've never talked about publicly. Kind of wanted to be honest and open and just give you guys a chance to kind of see into the color crayon mess that is the mind of the Mad Hatter. We talked about a lot of cool stuff, and uh, I hope that you really enjoy it. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. And with that, I'll let you have it. Much love. All right, folks, today we have a very special episode of Upstate Unconventional, but it's not only Upstate Unconventional. I'm joined today by my good friend, Mr. Tarrant Firestride, the Mad Hatter himself. It's been eight months, a little over eight months since we've talked, and I'm honored to have him back on, and I'm also honored that this is going to be his first episode of Tea with the Hatter as well. So Tarrant, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. I'm glad to be here. Excited to get this ball rolling. It's been too long. Um, honored to be doing it with you, man. I, uh, it's, it's been too long. For it's sure. It should have happened a long, long time ago. Yeah, man. I was, I re-listened. I didn't re-listen to the whole episode, but I was listening to it a couple weeks ago before we set this up. And I was thinking like, holy shit, how, like how much we've both grown since that first interview. And like, you were one of the first people that I, you helped me like overcome this fear of like reaching out to people. I heard you talking on Instagram live and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to reach out and just ask him. Cause what's the worst he says? No, I'm not going to come on your show. And like, <laughs> it just, it blew up from there. You know, like I know you started going on a lot of podcasts since being on my show, but my show also took off too. And it's like, there's just this, that something magical happened in that interview. And it's like a cool little timepiece to listen to, but it's just amazing how much we've both evolved or I hate the word evolved, but just kind of expanded our consciousness since then. And I just want to hear what you've been up to and we'll just have a good conversation again, man. This is exciting. Well, and on that note, it's like, sometimes the universe gives us like keys you know, and it's like, we get to a certain point or we meet a certain person and it's like, okay, now you can have the next level, you know? And it's not always like a romantic relationship, you know? And it was like, I wanted to use my voice and didn't really have a platform to do it on, right? And so I was kind of just rocking on Instagram and talking to whoever would listen. And uh, you landed in my inbox and it was like, I did that one podcast with you. And then it was like, I got invited onto another one, got it. And here we are like 30 podcasts later, back where we started. Um, and you're right, there has been a lot of growth uh, and a lot of change and evolution in, in both of us. And one thing that I, I'm pretty sure I said this on your podcast was like, if I'm saying the same thing in a year that I'm saying right now, then stop listening to me. You know, like I should be growing and evolving just like everybody else. Um, and if I'm not, then what am I talking about? You know, um, it's been really cool to see how people embracing and 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 I've seen this in you and I've seen it in a lot of other people but like uh the crystal world is alive and I think that for you to really tap into those 
the the gifts that it has uh it's recognizing that and it's opening yourself to that and kind of it's almost like you're standing at the edge of the cliff right and you can see these things right and they're there and they're pretty and they're cool and they're fun but until you jump off of that ledge and really give yourself an opportunity to be vulnerable to this this other world right that exists um you can't really experience the gifts that it has for you and i think that that episode um was kind of like a, a, a catalyst for me to really start using my voice and it was an episode for you to kind of really embrace that crystal kingdom right because you were right on the edge and you had just started with it and i remember you telling me about like these five crystals that you had um and it was like i could see that you were right there and that you were interested and it was just this commitment that you had to make to yourself and to this crystal kingdom that we're talking about um and i've seen several people kind of take that leap and uh, another thing that i said uh, on that podcast was like you know nobody ever said my life was great until i started carrying crystals in my pocket you know mm -hmm. um and it can't it can't hurt and, and everybody that's tried it and has gone out and another thing we talked about was like how do you pick you know am i going to do this right like where do i start there's no wrong way to do it it's just about listening to yourself and i think that you listening to, your, to yourself in regards to these crystals and stuff kind of opens the door to you listening to yourself about other things and really tapping into that intuition because it's a way for you to really see like wow maybe i'm good at this you know like maybe i'm onto something here um and that's a really special thing for me and uh, seeing seeing that happen, and and me getting more comfortable with with talking and being more public and open about things, um, has changed has changed my experience drastically. And uh, so there's there's a lot of gratitude that I carry around for that interaction and for what it kind of stemmed uh, in my life and outside of my life. I feel like we kind of threw a, a, a pebble into a pond man and and made some ripples and seeing where those ripples went has been a really special thing for me yeah man it's it's crazy because that was the first time i talked about crystals like publicly you know did i did i ever tell you how i got into crystals exactly so my wife was always into them you know and i was going through this fucked up phase in my life where i was like this shit is all evil you know i don't want any any pagan shit around you know what i mean and, <laughs> all that devil shit all that devil shit. that was like back in like 2015 2016 ish and then she just kind of kept them away you know and then last june so june 21 uh my son was playing around in our closet and he was like climbing up on this shelf and he pulled down uh a bunch of shit off the shelf and my wife's bowl of crystals fell out right and i'm like angry whatever i'm like picking them up picking them up and i pick up this piece of hematite and i'm just like holding it in my hand staring at it. i'm like i like this thing yeah. <laughs> i like this thing and i'm just like looking at it and you know i don't even know if it's like real hematite you know what i mean it's that like shiny really shiny the stuff. magnet stuff yeah. yeah and i'm like holding it and i'm like this is cool oh okay and then like i had to like force myself to put it away and then I started having these like Gollum moments from like Lord of the Rings where I was like going back into the closet and just like looking at my precious. And <laughs> finally, Dude, that's I, how it starts. I finally like after like a week of that, I finally like built up the balls to say to my wife, like, hey, you want to go to a crystal shop? And then it just kind of took off. I started finding them like even in my backyard. I found these huge chunks of like milky quartz and. I was like, oh, okay. So they, they're everywhere. Cause you know, you start thinking like, oh, I have to go to a shop to find this stuff. And uh, 
And what's funny too, it's like during it's that period, us. yeah, during that period of time where like I was all anti crystals, I like looked through my top drawer and I had like all these quartz rocks that I found, like these rocks with like quartz embedded in them and stuff, just stuff I like picked up and collected. And I remember you and, sending me pictures of it. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I've been holding on to these things. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not a crystal. That's a rock I found. Like, no, it's a fucking crystal, dude. But yeah. And it just kind of took off from there now. Now I'm literally wearing colors to match the days of the week, carrying rocks that correspond <laughs> with the days of the week. Like I got this piece of smoky quartz that I got off of you. So shout out to your uh, Etsy store. Hatter can help guys go check that out. But I've got obsidian, petersite, iolite, onyx, <laughs> lava rocks I found. I mean, it's like, yeah. So now I'm all I'm great ones, cor- dude. Peter's one of my favorites. Oh, dude, this is a sleep. This goes in my sleep bag at night to uh, help it's, with the. It's yeah. very good for facilitating out of body experiences, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it was. I mean, it was kind of similar. It was amethyst. It was this piece of amethyst that this, and we may have talked about it, but I met this chick and was hanging out with her briefly, and uh, we got along really well. And then she like. I saw that she was into crystals and at first I thought it was kind of weird and then I thought it was kind of cool and like made a comment about it and she ended up putting one in my backpack before I left her house and like that was the last time we ever hung out it was like as soon as she delivered this rock neither one of us wanted anything to do with each other and so it was like the universe sending me this person to deliver this stone to start this chain of events you know and as soon as that was delivered we wanted nothing to do with each other you know Mm -hmm. um and I noticed that when I held it I felt some type of way uh and then i realized i was carrying the thing and like it was a good size chunk it wasn't like a little pocket size piece of amethyst you know and it was taking up all this pocket room but i didn't want to leave it at home and it, it just started this whole thing for me and it was that moment where i was like on the edge of the cliff you know as soon as i jumped everything just snowballed and it was like within i don't know a year of me discovering this this crystal kingdom i was writing metaphysical blogs for a really large crystal distributor online and i was getting sent all these cool crystals to work with and like it's cool to read about stuff right and to go and and research metaphysical properties it's a whole different type of cool to have somebody mail you a crystal and be like i want you to do a write-up on like what this does for you right and then going and meditating with it and carrying it and working with it and seeing what this crystal does for you, right? Which I think is important because it's really easy to Google like, what are the healing properties of clear quartz, Or what are the metaphysical properties of prenite, you know? Um, But just like everyone metabolizes food differently, right? We're all gonna metabolize crystals differently. And I think that part of that is that are, we're so all subconsciously kind of trying to find that heart space, right? And so some of us are very uh, cosmic naturally, and some of us are very grounded naturally, right? And it's funny for me to say that I was a very grounded individual because I was very erratic and ungrounded, but like on a, on a vibrational level, I was, I was very grounded. I had a grounding effect on people that I would encounter. Um, and just like we've all met somebody who's like super airy and, and, and cosmic, um, it, but we all have this natural state of being, this natural vibration. And I think that people who are typically vibrate lower are drawn to crystals that affect the upper chakras and people who are kind of more airy are drawn to crystals that affect the lower chakras, right? And this is your subconscious 
trying to find that balance in the middle, right? Because you've got your seven chakras, your heart's in the middle, you've got three above, you've got three below. And that's where that vibration of unconditional love exists is in that heart space. And I've got theories about why there's seven and how that splits and all that stuff. But I think that the heart space is like the center of all of it. I think that's where everything originates and everything above and below it are just different ways to approach that heart space, right? Because if you try to attack everything at once, it's, it's impossible, right? But if you can say, okay, well, I've got a trauma. I got a lot of trauma and that's down in my root. So I can start working with that. And that's going to help my ability to love, right? And oh, well, I have a hard time communicating, right? Okay, well, that's in my throat. And so I'm going to, that's going to help my ability to love, right? So you've got all these different ways to approach the same thing, right? It's just, it's just, it makes it more digestible, right? If all you had was one heart center and they're like, well, fix it, dude. You know, it's, it's, not easy right so i think it, it's just a way for our, our our energetic body to be more approachable and that you know like when we pass light through a prism right it splits into these seven colors right and so it's still just one beam of light right it's just got these different aspects of it and i think that light that's being split is this heart space um and so this up and down motion, this, this pendulum that we kind of go through and uh, with crystals and the crystals we work with, I think is kind of a way to try to hone in um, on that center, but everybody can do this, man. Everybody can. And it's, it's more about deprogramming and, and learning to listen to yourself and see how you actually feel instead of how you've been taught to feel, I think is a big part of it. And like kind of just getting out of your own way. Um, but for me, it, it happened really fast. It was like, I found this one and then I wanted to read everything I could find. And I, every crystal that I could afford to get my hands on, I did. And before I knew it, my house was full of crystals and that was all I wanted to read about and all I wanted to talk about. And it opened just all kinds of doors for me as far as I, cause I was taught they were bad, right? Crystals are bad, just like you were. But as soon as I realized, well, okay, that was supposed to be bad and it's not. So what else is supposed to be bad that it's not? And now I'm learning about alchemy. I found hermeticism, you know, and started, it learned the principles and started working those, which gave me the ability to take control of my experience, right? And, and, and learning about vibration and frequency. All of this started with a piece of amethyst that got slipped into my backpack and snowballed into this totally new way of living over the course of like six months or a year. It was incredible. Yeah, and that's, a little bit of a segue into kind of like chaos magic and like, because I'm very chaotic when I, when I put my crystals together, sometimes I'll just <laughs> pick something at rent. You know, I just go with what my guts tell me like today I went with a, a Saturn theme, obviously, but I'll throw like a random one in there, you know, <laughs> just, right. to, just to balance it out. Just and keep it, it interesting, just, right? Like the Peter site and the lappies here are just to, just to see, you know, cause but and going off of what you said, before too like i was so in my head i was a thinker you know i'm a, a virgo i just found out that like there's side real uh astrology and my yeah. whole life i thought i was a libra and i'm actually not so that's a, that's a whole nother rabbit hole we can go down very but, interesting uh, though there's a lot there for me yeah and uh yeah and it's just the whole aspect of just trying something and, and like i do it at work too with the, the chaos magic is like i got to stain in a seat well, they tell you the conventional method is to do this. And it's like, well, I'm going to combine three different chemicals and then hit it with a drill with a brush on it and see what the fuck happens. And it's like, oh, that worked. So when you get into that kind of like 
you start saying chaos magic, people think you're crazy, but it's like, it's, it's trial and error. Really. It's that's it. That's for me. That's what it is. And, you know, I was so afraid to like mention something like that. Like, Oh, what are these people going to think? Like if I say I'm, I'm doing chaos magic, but I do it with cooking, I do it with almost kitchen everything. Alchemy. Yeah. Kitchen alchemy. It's just like, once you kind of embrace that and just kind of go with it and just say, let's see what happens. Like you're usually right. You know? Like, yeah, well, yeah. We're a lot and, smarter than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. It's like, so that's what crystals has really done for me. Like working with them has shown me that like, I, I'm a lot smarter and, and much more intuitive. I've really been able to tap in to <clears> like, <throat> just going with my gut really. That That's the only way I can say it. It's just, I, I don't care so much anymore about what people are going to say or think. It's just, I know things that there's no reason I should know. And I know you talk about this too. It's like, I just get this idea and it's like, okay, I know that's true. Now I have to like prove, I, I don't have to prove it's true. I have to prove why it's not true. If that makes any sense. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it, it's just, it's an incredible thing. And you know, for anyone that ha still has any skepticism about it, just take one. Like, like you said, like you're never, no one's going to say like, Oh, my life went down the shitter because I started carrying this rock in my pocket. <laughs> like it's not going to happen. It no. can't hurt, dude. No, it can't hurt. <clears throat> and as far as chaos magic goes, like <clears throat> one of the, my main intentions with starting to use my voice was to start destigmatizing these things. Right. And because there's all these beautiful things out there that we've been taught to hate, and it all comes from this one we don't have to get into my thoughts on this one institution that has taught us that that's bad. I think everybody's pretty clear on what I'm talking about. Um, and anything, they, they create this box and anything outside of that box is evil. It's of the devil, right? And I spent most of my life walking around thinking that I was going to get struck by lightning for doing the wrong things or like being smited or whatever. And um, there's a lot of great people that live inside that box, but there's a lot of people who step outside that box for a minute and realize that they've been stuck inside this box and, and holding themselves back. And it's been robbing them of, of a, a lot of beautiful things, right? And magic is one of those things that has been pulled outside this box, right? And people hear magic and they think Harry Potter or they think, or the word witchcraft is another one. It's like, I know a lot of witches, dude. And not one of these witches that I've met or that I interact with personally have ever wanted to hurt anybody. Most of them are trying to heal themselves and heal the planet and, and, and improve their experience, right? You could say that I, you could definitely say that I practice witchcraft, right? And, and, but that's not, what most people associate with that word, right? We all practice magic, okay? So you writing down your goals, right? And looking at those before you leave the, for the day, right? You reciting your affirmations into a mirror is magic. You creating a vision board is magic, right? So magic is just creating change in conformity with will by ways not understood by science, right? That's it. And when, it's, when you break it down to somebody like that, they're like, huh, you know, maybe that's not that bad. And, and, and there's many forms of magic, right? There's, there's lots of them. You've got ceremonial magic. You've got different forms of ritual magic. You've got, you know, there's, there's all kinds of shit. And there's, don't get, me, there are, don't get me wrong, there are dark aspects of that, right? But it's, magic is not good or bad, right? Magic it's, is like a pencil. It's all about your intention. It, it's, yes, it's the intention that's associated with the action, right? So you can take a pencil and you can write, I love you on a piece of paper and hand it to someone. And that's a beautiful thing, right? Or you can turn the pencil around and bury it in somebody, and it's not so beautiful anymore, but is the pencil bad for stabbing someone or is it the person that was wielding the pencil that's bad, right? So that's chaos the, magic for me 
is studying everything, right? And and so be like, I won't read any Crowley, or I won't read any Freighter, or I won't read any uh, Damien Eccles, or I won't read any Eliphas Levi, right? And you reading something does not mean that you're going to agree with all of it, or that you're going to practice all of it, or put it into action, right? But chaos magic for me is taking in everything, right? Taking in everything, and then okay, this resonates with me. I'm going to put this into practice. I'm going to try this, right? Because I think that a lot of people in this community aren't very great with being told what to do, mm -hmm. right? Or being said, this is the only way to do something, right? So I'm going to take this and I'm going to take this and I'm going to take this, like you said, the three chemicals, right? You're going to put those together. You're going to hit it with a screw gun. And it's like, I'm going to take these three things and use those and see what happens. Because when you boil it down, there's a few things that are required to create change in conformity with will or to, to create magic and there's intention right there's what is referred to in chaos magic as an altered state which could be like the gnostic trance or there, there's a lot of ways that you can do it with meditation there's ways to do it with your sexual energy there's lots of ways to facilitate this altered state but you a lot of what the ritual is right or the ceremony is or the robes or the wand or the three steps this way and then spin and talk to tahuti in the corner you know is to facilitate this mindset, right? Now, if you can facilitate this mindset without all the rigmarole, right? And focus the intention and create that altered state, then now you don't need, in my opinion, the ceremony or the robes or the cup or the rigmarole, right? And so that, and that's that's a very special thing to me, right? We, we are, we're here to create, we're co-creators, right? And there is, uh, divine creator that has created this experience that we exist inside right you can call it source you can call it prime creator you can call it god you can call it whatever makes you feel good right but there's this force that's bigger than us that holds space for this experience that we operate inside and we as co-creators are allowed and able to make changes in that experience right in conformity with our will and why would we not want to embrace our ability to do that to create a more favorable experience right for us to operate inside and which is how we get to alchemy right all you this is earth school and all you get in earth school is lead right it's our job to take the lead and turn it into gold and if that's wrong dude if that's if that's bad then i don't want to be good you know right right no and it's again there's so many people even in this community that are so stuck in this like truther and like this is the one way but then they you know they don't realize that they're just the opposite end of the same bird, you know, the opposite wing, whatever you yep. want to call it. And like, but this is the principle of polarity being used on you. Right. And so what I want to say is like, just go with your gut people. Like if you think something is wrong, it's probably wrong. If you think <laughs> something is good, it's probably good. And like, you know, if you're going to sit here and tell me because I like candles to start my podcast, I have blue candles lit in, you know, for my throat chakra. Like if that's evil and witchcraft, then okay, whatever, you know, fine. You're a witch. I'm a fucking witch, <laughs> you know, but um, I wanted to kind of jump into like your origin story a little bit, because I know there's some stuff that we, we didn't get to cover on the uh, first podcast we did you know, sobriety, we, we, we touched on sobriety. And I just want to say, like, I know you have a lot with that. But when I stopped drinking, so many, I'm just gonna say demons just 
went away. Like all these demons, oh, yeah. they, they were my own. Like all these uh, shadow entities I was encountering during sleep paralysis and stuff. There's one or two that I, I'm still not sure about, but like <laughs> the, the rest of them were all just myself. These were all, uh, whether you want to call them traumas or soul fragments or whatever you know phrase you want to use, it was all me. You know, it was me attacking me and yep. holding myself back and scaring myself and living in fear and all that stuff. But once I quit drinking, a level of clarity came to me that I can't explain. And I, I just want to hear a little more about your uh, recovery and some of the other stuff we were talking about, too. You know? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, what happened. Right. And then we can go back and get into a little bit of maybe how that mm -hmm. happened now that I've learned more about it. Right. Um, so I'll start by saying I was a complete shit show for my entire adult life. Um, I had a lot of trauma and a lot of abuse in my childhood that I didn't know how to process. Okay. I started getting my ass kicked like I was a grown up when I was like six years old. Um, I, and you're not meant to be afraid all the time when you're a child, right? And there's certain people in our lives that we know as normal people or as healthy people are going to protect us, right? Um, I didn't have that. So I spent a lot of my childhood feeling like the only way for me to survive was to fight, right? And I created this enemy in my mind that's, that was my stepdad. And I knew that someday I was going to be big enough and bad enough to beat this man up, right? And then I could claim my mother back. Then I'd have this relationship that had been taken from me through violence, okay? And right before my 16th birthday, I threw a punch, right? Finally accomplished this goal that I had set out to achieve when I was six or seven years old. And instead of me winning the affection of my mother, I was politely asked to leave my home, right? And so this, this goal that I had created, that I had worked for all these years, had now not only become meaningless, but I accomplished the exact opposite of what... I, I thought was going to happen. And so it kind of broke me mentally. Um, and it, I didn't know where to go from there. Right. And I, I think I started drinking daily. I, I think I was 12. I might've been 11. Um, but there were a lot of things that were happening at that time in my life. First of all, there was a lot of abuse that I wanted to tune out. And also I was starting to perceive these things that I didn't understand. Right. I was starting to I don't know how to say it better than like feeling people's intentions. And I've tried to describe this and I'm still not very good at verbalizing it, but like I could stand next to someone and I could feel their intention like it was mine. Right. And at first it was really, I mean, it was always really weird, but eventually I started to realize that like that wasn't mine. That was something that I was tapping into from these people around me. And so I get next to certain people and I would just be terrified. Right. And I couldn't explain why I was terrified to anyone because I can't say to somebody like, it's not what he did or what he is doing. It's what he wants to do, right? Because nobody mm -hmm. understands that. And every time I tried to talk to a grown-up about it, I was I was medicated or I was told I was crazy or something. And I was I was just perceiving all these things that I didn't understand. I was a very intuitive child, and um, <clears throat> alcohol turned it off, right? So it solved both of these problems. Now I could I could turn off the abuse and the, and, and and try to tune out of the trauma, and I could turn off these weird things that were happening inside my brain. Right. And inside my uh, my my being. And uh, so I started I started to drink a whole lot and I uh, started using pills. Well, and another thing, I broke a bone a year from the time I was in the first grade until I graduated until I was uh, 17. I broke 23 bones before my 17th birthday. So they'd prescribe me painkillers. Right. 
I'd take one or two, not being pain. I had a crazy pain threshold. So I wouldn't take them. They all ended up in the cupboard. And right when I was like 14, 15 years old, a few years into this drinking thing, I realized that I had a cupboard full of goodies that I had been acquiring <clears throat> since I was a small child, um, which kicked off a pretty healthy pill habit, um, which lasted basically until pills got really hard to get when uh, uh, all the opioid laws started to change. But and, and, and when that happened, when the pills got hard to get is when the drinking really spiraled out of control, right? The, it, when I, when pills were easy to get, it was kind of like this. I would drink until I started getting too drunk. I'd take a pill and kind of level me back out. Then I could drink more. And it was this kind of bounce back and forth game that I played. Um, and once I couldn't play that game anymore, I decided to just get hammered all the time. And I bounced from toxic relationship to toxic relationship, to toxic relationship. I like to find these girls that enjoyed punching me in the face. Um, and it was funny because I wouldn't take shit from a man. Didn't matter how big he was, right? I, I was known for being the little guy who beat up the big guys, right? I used to love to, I, I, it was not, if I was going to fight at a party, it was when, who, and how big the guy was going to be. Um, and so, but I'd find these women and just let them treat me like dog shit and beat the tar out of me. So it's like, on one hand, I'm this dude that everybody respected for fighting anybody, anytime, anywhere. And on the other hand, I was this battered husband, Right. So it was just, I was very confused for a long time. Um, but moral of the story is I woke up when I was 29 on October 2nd, when I was 29 years old. Right. And I realized I'm in the same boat that I was in when I was 15. Right. I make really good money. I make more than all my friends, but I'm broke all the time because I spent all my money on alcohol and liquor and cigarettes and, and smoked a ton of weed. And that was back when it was really expensive. Um, but I was broke all the time. I had a great job and everybody at work respected me, but I wanted to quit, made an excuse to quit at two o'clock every day to go home and get drunk. Right. And I just realized that I was, had been stagnant for, for all of these years. Right. And it started to dawn on me that like, you don't grow when you're fucked up all the time. And so like, really I'm 30 years old walking around with the mentality of a 12 year old, right. I never learned how to deal with anything or process anything. And that's hard at 30 years old, dude, it's hard to learn how to process emotions or deal with with hard things at 30 it's not that's not when you're supposed to learn it and you're supposed to have the support of your parents and your friends while you're doing this i had to do this all alone and it was a very challenging time for me um it took a year for me to figure out that i had no clue who i was and that everything that i had done in my entire life was what i thought i was supposed to do right it took me a year to figure out that it was okay for me to not know who i was or what I was. And then it took me a year to figure out what I was into. And in that time span, in that last year was when I found crystals, right? And I also, I was, half my family was super Christian, half my family was super Mormon. And so I was, I was very confused in that department as well. And I kind of put religion in the same box as spirituality and put both of those things in the same box as the trauma and the abuse. So I just rejected all of it when I left. Um, I knew there was something bigger than me, but I didn't really want to think about who that was or how that worked because why would this person have let me go through all the things that I had to go through as a child, right? Um, and then I found hermeticism, right? And it was about this empowerment of the self and a, and a, and a, um, a direct connection with this divine force that I knew existed, right? I didn't have to go and worship in some dude's house the way that he told me to. And I wasn't trying to buy my way into heaven. It was just me connecting with this being, right? Or with this, with this energy. And that was, that was, that was very special for me. And another thing that hermeticism teaches is that we dictate our experience, right? That we control the way that the universe is going to interact with us, which gave me a way to create accountability 
in my experience. It wasn't mom's fault, right? It wasn't my friends that screwed me over his fault. It wasn't my girlfriend's fault. It was my fault that I was where I was at. And without that accountability, you can't start to make real change in your experience, right? There's a mentality of victimhood or there's a mentality of creationism, right? You're either a master of your experience or a victim of somebody else's experience. And I was done being a victim, right? And so this gave me this step-by-step system to start dictating the course of my experience. I had all this lead to work with, right? And as soon as I found out that I could turn this lead into gold, now we have something, you know, and it inspired me to really start working on myself. And, and instead of looking for growth or solutions outside of me, right? I can do this and it will help me grow, or this person can help me grow, or this job will help me grow. I realized that everything I needed to grow was inside of me, which sounds really cliche to say, but when you start to look within, right, and investing in the self, the things around you start to change, right? And they start to change on their own. When you're operating in this vibration of gratitude and of love, these things kind of just start falling in front of you. And all you have to do is walk forward. Um, So it was a really, really long, shitty process. But I can look back and honestly tell you that I'm grateful for all these things that I went through, not just because they made me who I am, right? Because I love who I am now, which was something new. I never knew how to love myself. And I don't think you can love somebody else until you learn to love yourself. Um, But this gave me this showed me the dark, right? This showed me the dark. And until you can see the dark and live in the dark and embrace the dark, you can't walk, you can't appreciate the light, right? So I had all this context now. And um, it was just, it was a long road, man, but it was a beautiful thing. It was a very Mm -hmm. beautiful thing. Yeah, no, and, you know, very similar for me, I had that moment where I got so, you know, fucked up at a wedding that I was given a choice. Like, do you want to, my, my wife was pregnant at the time and it was like, do you want to be a part of your son's life or do you want to continue doing the bullshit that you're doing? And it was an easy choice, you know? Uh, yep. You know, it, I went to a very dark place that night, thought about ending it all. And then was like, no, you know, I'm just going to change. And Honestly, I, I was in a dead end job. I was being a teacher. I, I, I w- was a teacher, didn't have a full-time career. And I was like, fuck this. So I, I kept teaching, subbing and started my own landscaping business and everything just took off from there. You know, it, it starts just, to happen. It just starts to happen once you can, you know, get out of your own way. But um, I, I can't help but note, like, I, I have to pay attention to some of the supernatural and kind of, uh, paranormal i guess aspects to doing that like it's not paranormal in a sense because it it is you opening up to your own higher self i guess but there's definitely something that goes into that like there was some force that made that happen you know what i mean like whether it was myself saying like enough is enough and put me in this situation that i needed to stop drinking or was there some type of divine intervention? You know, I right. don't know. And or is it both? Or, or right, or is it both? And I, I tend to think it was both. You know, it was like I, all of my drinking and uh, you know erratic behavior was a call for help. And like, right. whether my higher self or my guardian angel or whatever you want to call it was like, okay, here you go. Here's rock bottom. Now pick yourself up and figure it out from there. 
Well, and sometimes you have to experience this new vibration so that you can look back objectively because it's hard to see what's happening when you're in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. But once you grow and you find this new this new vibration, this new, you've created this new reality to exist inside. It's easier to look back from the outside and maybe see how things potentially worked. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, because in my story, particularly there was more than just this, this wake up, right. There were all these other things that played into it that I couldn't see it that I wasn't aware of at the time. Right. Like, I don't think it's coincidence that this coincided directly with my Saturn return. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like, if you want to get real weird, um, yeah, when I, I was, because <laughs> we're going to get weird. Um, when I was little, before I started drinking, I had this recurring dream, right? And it was about this owl, right? And I, if you come into my house or you, I'm wearing an owl now, you get in my truck, anybody saw the video the other day, I've, I got owls everywhere. I have this, this huge admiration for the owl. Um, and this is where it comes from, owl tattoos. Uh, this is, this is where it comes from. So I had this dream of this owl, right? And at first it felt like a nightmare and I would see this owl and I would get terrified and I think he was there to hurt me or something. And it, it would happen, like, I can't remember whether it was every night or whether it was just real often, but this dream happened over and over and over again. I couldn't stop having this dream. And uh, eventually I decided that the owl was like watching over me and maybe wasn't there to hurt me. And then I realized this owl was trying to guide me somewhere, right? This owl was trying to, to, to get me to follow it. I didn't know where he was trying to get me to follow it. And every time I would follow it, I would wake up before we got to where we were going, right? Um, then I started drinking. And so this is 10, 12 years old. I had this dream for, for my entire, you know, late childhood, preteen years. Fast forward to when I was 21, 21, 22, it's 10 years down the road. Um, and I'm at work and I am prepping i just torn off this little roof over an entryway and i was i was prepping the nails and the staples out of the roof so that i could put new underlayment on it and put a new roof on it and i was using a a, a flat bar um which is metal right and I, i'm prepping these nails and staples and there's a what's called a weatherhead which is where the the power line comes into the house above the meter box and anything above this meter box is just like you grabbing the the telephone line the meter box the thing that spins that the electric company comes out to look at is what dumbs that power down from that voltage to be able to go to your breaker box and then your breaker box dumbs it down a little bit more and sends 220 here and 110 here and everything else but above that box is just like you going up and putting your hand on on the power lines right and <clears throat> i don't know still to this day whether i touched the weatherhead with the flat bar or whether it arced i was i knew it was there and i was consciously being careful to not touch it so if i had to guess i would say this thing arced right and that it that it that it jumped and hit my thing now how that could happen i don't I don't know. I'm not an electrician. I can just tell you that I've done a lot of dumb shit in my life, but touch a power line with a flat bar is not one that I'd like to accept that I did. You know what I mean? So it feels like there was some kind of universal cards being played at that point. Something right? happened. <laughs> um, but I got shocked. Right. And it, it, I was dead. I was dead. And I don't know how long I was dead. I know I was unconscious for 45 minutes or an hour I went and saw a doctor after that and he basically told me there was no reason for me to still be alive right I was burned all over my body um I had the only thing that saved me because I was standing on the top step of an eight foot step ladder when this happened <clears throat> and I dropped eight feet onto my back onto the concrete now me falling eight feet onto the concrete and hitting the back of my head that should have killed me 
right? There happened to be some metal flashing that I landed on that I think broke my fall a little bit. It cut me all over the place. I've still got the shirt somewhere that I was wearing and it's like it went through a cheese grater. Um, <clears throat> but when I got shocked, I was, I was literally launched out of my body and I was launched into this dream that I had when I was a kid, right? And I saw the owl and I'm like, fuck, I've been here. You know, I know how this goes. It had been a long time, but I know how this goes. Like, I need to follow this owl. And it was like, I, I felt myself existing. And it sounds really silly to say, but I felt myself existing outside of space and time. Nothing was happening. There was no linear bullshit going on. Nothing was moving. I was just there. And I just was, right? Which is a very unique feeling to just know that you're out, you're operating outside of all that. And, you know, if you're deep enough into this game, you know that linear time is a farce and that it's a construct. And that this is all just an illusion that's a part of this experience, right? <clears throat> and so to feel what's outside of that was, was, very, was very strange, for lack of a better word. Um, and it was peaceful. You know, we're all taught that it's scary to die, right? But that's just, I, it's just the end of, of this experience. This experience is just a movie that we're watching in the grand scheme of things, right? And we're going to watch several movies. We're going to watch mm -hmm. several movies. And some are going to be longer than others. But to die is not this thing to be terrified of. That's just a way for them to control you, right? And I've experienced that firsthand. But anyways, I'm, I'm there and I'm realizing that, you know, I'm not in my body and I'm not, and there's kind of all these things are just happening. I don't know how long it was. It felt like a really long time. And I'm following this owl because I know I'm supposed to, and I'm following it. I'm following it, having this conversation. And I'm just in this state of like, peace and acceptance right and then i see my body right i see i'm looking at my body and this owl was leading me back to my body is what i ended up discovering right so as i was a kid <clears throat> 10 years before this this owl was teaching me how to follow it right because if i wouldn't have had these dreams i never would have known that i was supposed to follow this thing so when I, when I was a kid, I'm being taught to basically walk myself back to my body a decade later, you know, and there was this real weird conversation that transpired about like, you need to go back. Uh, I mean, movie shit, you know, like you're not done. You, you, you got to go back in there. And I like climbed back into my body and woke up on my back with burns all over me and cuts all over me laying on my back in the thing. And my phone was sitting right next to me. I think it was on the roof when I fell off and I saw my phone, right? And I didn't know who I was or where I was or what I was. I just had the most crazy shit ever in my, you know what I mean? I was just in this state of confusion. <clears throat> and I'm like wondering if I'm dead, right? Because of what I just went through. And, and so I pick up my phone and I'm like, I'm looking at my phone and the time changed from 151 to 152. And I realized that that must mean that I'm alive, right? And I'm back in this linear time bullshit, right? And okay, so now I've re-entered the game, right? And so this tattoo that I have on my forearm is an owl with a clock that's set at 152, you know? Because that was the moment that I realized that like, it's bigger than this, mm -hmm. dude. Like it, th 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 this isn't all that there is. Um, and it, it changed me. And I think that that was the universe giving me an opportunity to get back on my path, mm -hmm. right? That event right there was, was supposed to show me 
look, it's bigger than this. You're here for a reason. Get your shit together. Right. Mm -hmm. And I chose not to do it. Mm -hmm. I chose not to do it. I chose to operate for another eight years in this same vibration. I chose bullshit and I went right back to it, dude. Yeah. What were your uh, thoughts on like the afterlife or however you want to phrase it, like your, your spiritual beliefs before that event? Dude, I was trying to buy my way into heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, that was it. As I had been, I had been convinced that there was this, this hell Mm-hmm. that I was going to burn in for all of eternity if I didn't do what I was supposed to, you know, and I knew that I didn't want to be a part of the church, right? I knew that I wanted to be a good person, but I was really conflicted because I didn't know if I could get into this heaven place without being a part of that system, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feared death at that point because I didn't know where I was going to go or what was going to happen. Well, I refused to be a part of this church, but that church is the only way I can get into heaven. So I can't die. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so it was this very conflicted, very confusing, very uh, anxiety-driven place that I was in. Mm -hmm. And that was the last day that I feared death, right? And it, I started doing a lot of stupid shit after that because I really got off on the fact that like, I was down to do shit that other people weren't down to do. You know, I was like Mm -hmm. the crazy little dude that had climb up in the places that nobody else would. And it really took me like, fighting and all this stuff now i'm gonna do mma right and i'm gonna start training that and i just want to see what this vessel is capable of because i knew that like this isn't it dude like so what am i afraid of and it kind of just spiraled into a full-blown shit show until i woke up you know um and we could talk a little bit about why i think i woke up or how that yeah i want to get into that because it's very unique and it's uh, a topic that not a lot of people talk about, but I'm very familiar with not, not very, very familiar with, but I want to hear why, why you also think you woke up because this is fascinating. And I believe it 100%. And it's just, we're, we're going to talk about walk-ins. Hey, we're so, going to talk about walk-ins and yeah. uh, I'm not going to pretend like this is something that I understand fully. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause this is still something that I'm learning about now every day mm-hmm. trying to understand exactly how this works uh in in in, in my particular case you know mm-hmm. um but it i'm not the person that i was before this event and that's not a question for me that's not a maybe that's an absolute that's an absolute certainty and i didn't even know what a walk-in was mm-hmm. when i realized that and i didn't understand why i had all these memories but they weren't mine I had them and I could relive them and I could recall them and I could experience them, but I understood that day that they weren't mine, um, which didn't make any sense to me. So I guess I can't say that I understood it. It was just something that like I was, I was aware of Mm -hmm. and I didn't really know what to do with that. Right. And um, it's hard to not know what you are or who you are or, or, or why you are, you know, um, because what, what are you at that? You know what I mean? Like what, how do you, how do you live if you don't know why, why, how do you, how do you proceed with that amount of information, you know? And so it was, it was very confusing, which is kind of why, like, I just stopped trying to figure it out and just knew like, okay, this is, these are my immediate needs, right? I need to not 
cram a half gallon of alcohol into my body every day, right? I need to not keep giving my time and energy to these people who are treating me like shit. I need to not be in this relationship that I'm in because it's toxic, right? And so I just focused on things that I did understand and that I did know. Um, and it was actually what kind of opened this whole thing up for me was a tinfoil hat episode where he had a walk-in on there and explained this. And she's describing like what this is and what this means. And I'm like, shit, dude, there's some meat on that bone. Like, this is something that I got to look into. And I had a lot of questions like, well, what, if this is me now, what happened to old me? Right? Like, where is, where is that person? It is, does that person still exist? Or does that, like, a person is probably not the right word, but does that string of consciousness still exist? right? Why did it leave? How did I get here? Was this an agreement that was made? Was this a hostile takeover? You know, because there's a lot of information out there as far as like hostile walk-ins, right? Mm -hmm. It's not always this peaceful thing. Um, and, and who knows how much of this information is actually accurate or whether it's just shit that's put out there to confuse people. Like I, as a conspiracy theorist and a researcher, know that there's a lot of bullshit that's out there. Um, <clears throat> but this was something that made all of it makes sense and when I when I woke up that day it was that was it you know that mm -hmm. that old me was gone right was totally gone um and it's hard to verbalize what that feels like if I had to guess right I would say that there was an agreement made mm -hmm. right and that we we can say old old jeff and new jeff maybe um it's a, to make it easier to talk about i think that that old jeff had a vessel right that was being destroyed i think that and we can talk about what star seeds are and how all that works i think that a lot of us are here with a purpose okay and i think that old jeff was not fulfilling fulfilling that purpose right i think there was that we come here and we agree to go through all the trauma that we're going to go through and we agree to deal with a certain set of circumstances to be able to facilitate the tools that we need to be able to accomplish what we're here to accomplish right and that the trauma that it required for that person to develop the tools that that person needed to be able to facilitate the change that was meant to be made was too much for that person right is like We've all taken a job and we got in there and we're like, dude, this is, I don't know why I took this job. Like, this is way too much. You know what I mean? Like we've all yeah. been in that situation. We're like, man, I bit off more than I can chew. I'm in over my head. I think <clears throat> that that is what happened. Right. And that they were just drinking this vessel into the ground and this, this purpose was not going to be fulfilled and that there was an intervention. Right. And I think that it was a way out for that string of consciousness and a way in for this string of consciousness that said, okay, you want out of there and I need a vessel to mm -hmm. be able to do this job that you couldn't do. And there was a switch. And I think that the Saturn return is what facilitated this switch. I think that we had this event with the owl that happened before that was a chance <clears throat> for me to get back on track mm -hmm. for that, that person. It's weird to say me, you see what I'm saying? But like, yeah, it, it, that was a wake up call that said, old Jeff, get your shit together. You got a job to do here. Look, it's bigger than this experience. I've proved that to you now. Now get back in your freaking meat suit and drive it to where you're supposed to be going. And I chose to continue repeating the same toxic patterns 
that I was engaged in. And I would have done that until I died, right? Every, every morning when I woke up, I had two thoughts. First thought was, fuck, I woke up, right? Mm-hmm. Second thought was, how am I going to get liquor today? Because I'm fine with dying a lot of ways, but one of them is like uh, what I'm not fine with dying or how I'm not fine with dying is from alcohol withdrawal, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going out that way. And I never could have like, I never could have shot myself or hung myself or like jumped off a building. But mm-hmm. I think that I was trying to play the long game with the liquor. I was going to drink myself to death. I would not have slowed down until I died and I had made peace with that. And that was how it was going to go. I was either going to go out like a badass or I was going to drink myself into, into the grave. Mm-hmm. Um, and the universe wasn't going to allow that. Right. So there was this switch that happened. And now this me knew me has the meat suit right the old me already ruined physically like it was really not nice to this body before i got it um but and it was this opportunity i still had all of the same tools right i still had all the trauma i still had all the life experiences i still had all the darkness that were required for me to facilitate my purpose right but i came in knowing that and understanding that and willing to go through what it took for me to do what I was supposed to do here. Is that cohesive at all? Does that, does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's really interesting to, to boil it down. Cause we, we had kind of talked about this and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I mean, like, it's hard to say because it is like a walk-in, but it's a walk-in of your higher consciousness in a sense. Like you, right. you, you, that that string of consciousness is probably gone or it didn't fulfill what it needed to fulfill like you said but it's like you're still you but you're not and like and i think i was the owl yeah yeah like i think the owl was showing you like this is yeah i I, think i I would agree with you (laughs) knew me like this me was the owl Mm -hmm. in the dream trying to redirect old me back on his path and was like listen dude get your shit together i'm gonna get you out of there and i'm gonna do it you know what i mean so i think i was kind of my own spirit guide trying to guide me onto my path and when Mm -hmm. that wouldn't happen it's like okay dude i'll do it my damn self you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and it sounds crazy to say that like i was my own spirit guide in the form of this owl but like that's the only thing that makes sense because i I mean, I've been, I, I watched it all. I watched it all happen from the outside. Right. right. And I would say that, like, I, I would almost argue that the, uh, the change happened with the near-death experience. And, but because you went back to the old patterns and stuff, it's like, it, it was just, it was like laying dormant in there. Like, all right, let's just keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. And then one day, it's very possible. you know, like what? what was the defining moment? Like when you woke up that day and said on, on October 2nd, which is funny because, you know, October was when I got sober as well. So I, I have to believe that there's some type of, and maybe it's just conditioning because there's always like sober October and things like that. I don't know. Right. But what was the like thought process when you woke up? Cause like the next day when I woke up after that, like I, I, I was as drunk as I've ever been, you know what I mean? And right. I woke and, I like instantly sobered up. You know what I mean? It was just like yeah. an instant sober. And it was like, okay, everything's got to change now. 
you know, as fucked up as I was, it just all snapped. And I was like, okay, now we, now we move forward. So, cause for when that, uh, new consciousness came in, it it just like, there was no going, like you knew right away that this was not going to be, there was no options after that. That Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's, what's weird is I've heard people get sober for all kinds of reasons. I got drunk Mm -hmm. and wrecked my car. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I fucked, I got fucked up at a wedding and my wife told me I was going to get my shit together or I wasn't going to see my kid. You know what I mean? Like there's always something, right. Or Mm -hmm. I got a DUI, right. Or I got fired from my job. There was no, and this is the part that confuses me, like outside of the Saturn return, Mm -hmm. right. That I learned about two and a half years after this event, outside of that, there was no moment. There was no, I mean, I had a rock bottom. My rock bottom moment was just fucking 17 years long, you know? Um, but there was no, and that's, that's still a really big question for me. There was no crazy event that happened. There was no, bam, I just woke up and yeah. it was different. It's all it uh, different. And I don't want you to take offense to this, but it was almost like NPC type behavior, you know, that's stuck in the same pattern. Totally. Just, uh, you know, cause I mean, we've all been there, you know, I, I did the same thing with teaching and stuff and it's just like something as corny as it sounds like someone just came and turned the light switch on. It was like, dude, maybe a- there's a protocol. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a protocol where like, if a star seed comes here, right. Mm-hmm. And chooses to be an NPC. Right? right. Or to, 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 to just be whatever. And when to it, fall it, into it, the it, matrix and yeah. yeah, exactly. And in looking into the different types of star seeds and shit, there are different kinds of them that are typically more prone to, uh, to alcoholism and stuff because this reality is so much different than other realities that you can incarnate in and that's kind of a a huge topic in itself but like maybe if somebody comes here and just gets too sucked into the human experience right Mm -hmm. there's a protocol because ultimately we're here to create change right like that's that's what the thing is and if you're not creating change then you're ultimately you're either a part of the problem or you're part of the solution right that's it and so if you come here and you're not a part of the solution then you're a part of the problem maybe there's a protocol to be replaced or something, right. you know? And there's people, a lot of people out here who know a lot more about this than me. So if somebody's got ideas or if somebody wants to contribute to this understanding with me, then by all means, reach out. I'm freaking, the Hatter will happen on Instagram. Get a hold of me. You know, this is a conversation I'd love to have. Yeah, no, um, and I, I love this because it is so interesting because, you know, you're, you're using the word star seed a lot. And the star seed is one of those words that um, same with empath, which I know you are, but this is one of those words that the like love and light community totally. has hijacked. I hate it. Or hijacked. Ascending. Right. And it's, you know, <laughs> I hate it. like, I know I'm an empath. I, I, someone, you know, Janet pointed it out to me and then you pointed it out to me and it, it made a lot of sense. But when you look up empath online or you look up star seed, you're going to get this you know white girl whitewashed teeny bopper bullshit yeah it's just like it it goes so much deeper than that like you were saying like being an empath you can literally feel someone's intention like just by being next to them and that's why you connect with crystals so well like i you know have connected with them also and i learn every day i'm not like a master and i always tell people that like you know i'm not I don't know jack shit about any of this. I just go with what feels right, but it is, it's one of these like things that I I don't want to stray too far off the topic of your, your walk-in experience. But I I think this is something that we can kind of address here is like how these phrases, these 
things get hijacked to mean something that they're not like to me a star seed is something way deeper than you're going to find on google or you know on some post on instagram this is like you know shit that's like in the making like you're you're sent here on a like a special ops mission almost right and right. you know now and they want to tell you understand that you have to understand that it's bigger than this experience right, right? and that you're going to come here several times right? right and that there's you have to you have to acknowledge the collective the collective and the collective consciousness which is another thing that's been hijacked by the love and lighters mm -hmm. right and so but i think that that discernment is an important part of the journey because just like you can get sucked into the matrix you can get sucked into this everything is love and light community mm -hmm. right and learning and now you've got this principle of polarity you've got these two poles that you're bouncing back and forth between and learning to be an objective observer and be the constant is an important part of this path right and it's real easy for somebody yeah i'm a star seed right because it's cute or just like the same they do it with witches too like right. oh yeah i'm a witch you know because because right. they think it's cute um but it's more than that and it's something that like we all have a purpose here and i know that that sounds super cliche but like some of us have a purpose that's bigger than ourselves right because we're all here to learn and grow that's what this experience is is to to uh, to suffer and to to learn to embrace this vibration of unconditional love right like that if you if i had to tell you like what this life is about it's to come here and it's to go through bullshit and learn how to transmute and learn how to just operate in a vibration of unconditional love which is to be th th this christ consciousness which is another thing that's been hijacked by the love and light community to be christ-like is to be crystalline okay it's the, the 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 word christ comes from the word christos which was a greek word for crystal right and so you have an energetic body you have a physical body you have a spiritual body or crystalline body right and to be able to embrace this crystalline body which is to operate in a condition of and a vibration of unconditional love is to be christ-like that's what we're here for right and so when we talk about this christ consciousness taking over it's about the collective right being able to transmute right and operate in this condition or this vibration of unconditional love it's not about like and we're, we're gonna we're all gonna ascend you know and it's like um there's a lot of dark hard shit that comes along with that you know you don't you don't grow and you don't change you don't evolve by pretending that everything is happy and and sunshine all the time like there's a dirty grimy fucking rough aspect of this spirituality and if you're not willing to sit down with that and learn to embrace that right and find that balance between dark and light because this world is dual that's the problem with the love and light community is that this is a dual realm right and you have to be able to embrace both of them and find that balance between them but you can't find balance if you refuse to acknowledge that half of that balance exists you got to clean the fucking basement out before you, right. can, you know, and it, it's, it's interesting. Cause you just said something with the, the crystalline body. And I, I've had this theory floating around with, in my head with uh, the book of Genesis and the garden of Eden. And he, you know, they talk about uh, how they, they realized they were naked and they had to put on these animal skins to cover up. And I've had right. this idea that, you know, I think Adam and Eve in the story were, you know, light beings, in a sense, they were light beings, and these animal skins they had to put on was this meat suit, you know, not, it's a beautiful interpretation, man, you know, and it just makes it make so much more sense, like, than what they tell us, and it just, 
we have to operate through this meat suit to but but still it's hard to explain because you have to have that crystalline body that the, the light body guiding you through it it's 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 a deep subject that i'd have to sit and think with a little more but it's it's just so fascinating and i was going to ask you too like because we're going to go weird with it how much do you think like the fey have uh played a role in this uh walk-in experience do you think they had any because from what you've told me i I feel like they've been with you you're probably your whole life and yeah i just didn't mm -hmm. know how to embrace that yeah before this experience right like the Mm -hmm. fey are very integral a part of the experience that i live right now but i think Mm -hmm. just like crystals you have to be able to embrace that and accept that and open yourself to that to be able to learn from it or grow with it or 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 utilize that energy and there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of things i would have told you a few years ago are fairy tales Mm -hmm. right as far as different types of elementals and um the fey and like i have a major issue with like the mainstream interpretation of 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 aliens right Mm -hmm. or i i'm i'm more of a frequency guy demand i don't think you can get in a spaceship and fly across the galaxy 93 million miles away i think it's all vibration i think that's how the the ancient gods the sumerian gods traveled i think that's what those man bags that they had were a device that drastically altered their vibrations because here's the thing like the spectrum of light and the spectrum of sound are gigantic and we as humans in this meat suit can perceive like one percent of that spectrum Mm-hmm. right and so the argument could be made that dogs exist in more than one dimension at the same time because they can perceive things that we can and things that we can't right which is why if your dog's barking in the corner when when you think that nothing's there that doesn't mean they're barking at nothing like that dog can perceive all kinds of things that you can't and believe me there's shit around you all the oh. time that you can't see with your human body yeah like, and i have a firsthand experience that proved that to me like it's it's there. We just mm-hmm. don't have the tools in this vessel to perceive it, which is where intuition comes in, right? And we learn, we're taught there's five senses and these five senses is what d- determines reality, mm-hmm. right? Which is us robbing ourselves from all the things that operate outside of that. This is why they put fluoride in the water. So they calcify your pineal gland, right? And so this, uh, and how I found spirituality is through conspiracy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I knew they were putting fluoride in the water, but I couldn't understand why. I knew that they were lying about what the earth is, but I couldn't understand why, right? And the commonality, the key that ties all those things together is that you're fucking special, right? And they don't want you to know how special you are. So they can convince you that you're this fucking smart monkey that grew from a salamander on this rock that's hurtling through infinite space at a million miles an hour. And there's a million other rocks with a million other smart apes out there and you're not fucking special, right? Mm -hmm. And when you apply that to any conspiracy you've ever heard of, now you have your why, right? Because that's the first question that everyone asks is why would they go through all that? There's your why, dude. And now everything makes sense. Um, But there's all these things around us and back to the Sumerian gods, like all they would, all something would have to do is change their vibrations drastically. Right. Mm -hmm. And they could render themselves right out of this experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had a problem with the Pleiadians and the Arcturians and all this, because that's aliens, dude, that's in a space. You got to fly away in a spaceship to get to their star system, whatever. It's like, I, that doesn't work for me. But when you say, okay, this is a different vibration. This is a different frequency. This is a different dimension. Mm -hmm. Right. Now that all makes sense to me. And now when we're talking about all these different incarnations and star seeds and these beings incarnating here and incarnating here, it's like, okay, it's all frequency, dude. These are just 5D beings that exist in this 5D vibration, 
right? And it all starts to make sense. It all, it, I mean, it's crazy that that makes sense, that that's what makes sense, but like- right. But no, I think like even Bigfoot, even Bigfoot or Sasquatch, I, I feel like it's the same thing with that because they just can either phase in and out. Like, you know, you have these, I think it's all kind of the same, whether it's shadow entities, Bigfoot, ghosts, whatever you want to like say, these are just, all of it. yeah, it's, it, it is, it's all frequency and vibration. Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe Bigfoot is like, I think they're just evolved humans, like, you know, real evolution, not what they tell us evolution is like, because if I go out in the woods, I'm going to grow more hair. I'm going to become better adapted in nature. Like, what if this is just a group of people that has, you know, figured this out and they just know how to disappear when we come around? They could be evolved. They could be hybridized. There's there's right. several ways that that could be facilitated on a practical level with the set of under with the set of the knowledge set that that you have when you open yourself to that right and like <clears throat> there's crazy shit my girlfriend and i were just at the oregon vortex right it's called the house of mysteries and like i watched her shrink and then i watched her grow like we stood they showed us this platform was level and i stood on one side and she stood on the other i'm like four inches taller than her right and so she's looking at my mouth basically and we walked and stood on other ends of the platforms. And then now we're looking eye to eye. She grew like, she grew a couple inches. I shrunk a couple inches. And there's six people there watching it happen. And it's like, how the fuck is that possible? But when you realize that everything is just vibration, everything, you are the same as the tree is in your front yard and the rock that's in your front yard. And you're the same as the crystal. You're the same as all of it. You're just carbon molecules that are vibrating at different speeds, right? And a vortex just changes the density of those vibrations. So you're going to be rendered smaller or larger based on the, the compression of these vibrations, right? And so if you can watch someone shrink by walking six feet, then what can happen with, with you having a device that could change your vibrations, right? Or like what can happen when you change your vibrations? Because if you accept that all this experience is, is a direct reciprocation of the vibrations that you are emitting, then what can you change and what can you create in your experience? Right. And <clears throat> we talked about it pretty briefly. Um, but like things just start to land in front of you. I heard a really interesting interpretation yesterday of 3d, 4d, 5d. Right. And uh, dude says 3d is your entire experience being dictated for you right? You have a boss. Your, your, your reality is created by your parents, by your boss, by your government, right? Okay. A 4D experience is, and this is just an interpretation. Nobody needs to chew my head off. This was just something that really resonated with me. A 4D experience is when you start dictating the course of your experience, right? And you do that through things like manifestation, through vision boards, through affirmations, through stuff like that, but you're starting to take control. You're starting to create change and conformity with will, right? This is magical practice. Is it's the, the magical dimension. realm, yep. Okay, <clears throat> 5D is when you don't need any of that shit, okay? You are dicta, your reality is a, is a direct mirror, is a direct reciprocation of your vibrations. This is when you think of something, man, it would sure be cool if I met somebody and that person materializes in your life man, I need to create some abundance in my life. And your phone rings 10 minutes later and it's somebody want you to come roof their house, 
You know what I mean? So the fifth dimension is just this flow state, this living in the moment and things landing in front of you. And I think we've all experienced that to some degree. Now, <clears throat> you don't have to live predominantly or exclusively in either one of those realms or in either one of those dimensions. Some of us bounce back and forth. And I think that's how we encounter a lot of problems that we have. I think that's why people experience things like depression or addiction is because they mm -hmm. don't know how to exist in one of those things exclusively. But like, we just talked about where I was, right? As far as like addiction and all this shit, this walk-in experience happens. I start learning to work the hermetic principles. I start learning how to manage my vibrations and start dictating the course of my experience. <clears throat> so I went in three and a half years to a person who could not stay out of a toxic relationship. I hated myself so much that I would rather be with someone that would beat the shit out of me, right? Because that was better than me being alone, being on my own, right? Um, to a person who spent three years fully celibate, right, to look within and learn how to dictate my experience and how to and how to embrace my ability as a co-creator to and where things just start landing in your experience. My girlfriend that I am with right now, I do some energy work with a lady called Michelle um, and she's getting ready to set, get set up to do remote work. Um, and she's going to expand her business a little bit when that happens. I would love to help facilitate that meeting for anybody who wants uh, energy work done. She's fantastic. Um, but I'm in this session, right? And this, we got our eyes closed and this person walks, walks into the room, right? And there's, there's this, there's this woman standing there, right? And I can't see her face, right? And this is, I was starting to tell you about this earlier. And I was like, wait, I got to tell you this on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't see her face. I can just see the silhouette of this woman in a dress. Right. And I am, M Michelle could see her face and she's mm -hmm. like describing this person to me. And then I see this fucking crystal ball. Right. I see this crystal ball that this, that this woman is holding. Right. And then all of a sudden there's this smoke all over the place and this feeling, this overwhelming feeling of love just came over both of us. And I'm like, trying to figure out what the hell this is. Cause my entire life, I've never felt what real love feels mm -hmm. like ever. Not from mom, not from any of these relationships, not from a friendship. Like I've never felt And so I'm just trying to fucking process this. Right. And we have this moment person kind of fades away and this session ends. Right. And, uh, Michelle's like trying to collect yourself. Right. Cause it was so, it was so intense that like it bothered her too, you know, and like, she's still trying to figure out how to process this. And basically she tells me that like this person, whoever this person is, has just come into my energetic experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And that once something, and just like all things are created in the mind before they can exist in your physical reality. Right. So she is basically explaining this hermetic principle to me that I'm very familiar with. Right. But she's saying like, that's what we just experienced was the entrance of this person into my energetic experience and that that was which means it's already manifested in my spiritual experience and the next step is it manifesting in my physical experience because that's how it goes you manifest in your uh your spiritual body which manifests in your energetic body which manifests in your physical body right mm -hmm. which is why we have all kinds of health problems that physical health problems that are related to energetic problems because these things manifest into each other but she tells me that this person is about to materialize in my physical experience. And I tell her she's batshit crazy, right? I've been alone for three years. I had just made peace with the fact that I was probably going to be alone forever because um, I'm a fucking weirdo, right? And not 12 hours later, okay, I get a message in my inbox, okay? And I'm like, 
who is this person? Like, who is this beautiful person who just landed in my hand? Granted, I've never seen this. I never saw the face in the, in the session. Right. But I click on this profile and the most recent picture that she had uploaded was her standing there with a fucking glowing crystal ball surrounded by smoke. And I about fell out of my fucking chair, dude. And it was really hard to navigate at first. Cause like, how do you tell somebody like, listen, you showed up in my freaking right. energy session yesterday. You know what I mean? And so it was a very touch and go process. And there's a lot of weird synchronicities for her and her experience that, that led to her meeting me as well. Um, but it's like, the universe does really cool shit, man. And if you can learn to get out of your own way and just start embracing this experience and learning how to control and dictate your vibrations. Like I said, I went from a, a, mis a miserable experience that I hated to live every day and just one toxic relationship after the other to this life that I'm excited to live every day, right? And embrace and a healthy relationship where we've taken the time to learn about how the other one needs to receive affection. You know, like if you would have told me I was going to be researching love languages or learning about that a year ago, even, or uh, attachment styles or uh, what's it, Higgs Meyer or whatever the personality types and all this shit, I would have told you you were crazy, right? But like, that's what it takes is this work, right? And this understanding of things outside of yourself, but also inside of yourself and how the micro is the macro and the outer is the inner and how all of that shit comes together. But the universe, if you put in the work, the universe will give you what you need, you know? And, and what's so interesting too, is like you said, it has to manifest, you know, in your mind first and in the spiritual realm. And I would argue that everything is already there in the spiritual realm. Totally. You, you know, it, it already exists. You know, I feel the same connection with my wife, with my son. I, I know I've known these people before, you know, there's right. no, there's history there. This is not our first rodeo. It's just how willing are you in the 3d to let that come through? You know what I mean? And I totally. feel like, so it's just, it is, it's an, it slaps you in the face with it. Sometimes <laughs> just how crazy shit happens. And you're like, Oh, okay. And like the old me would have just like, I wouldn't have called it a coincidence because I, I, I never really believed in coincidence, but I'd be like, okay, that's, that's some black magic shit happening. I got to <laughs> stay away from this, you know? And it's, it's just fascinating, man. It's well, I think so gratitude is the key. Yeah. I think gratitude, I think you being able to be grat grateful for something that doesn't exist in your physical experience yet is how you manifest that in your physical experience. Right. So mm -hmm. creating something in your mind and experience gratitude for it existing there is mm -hmm. what allows it to be manifested in your physical experience right and so it was like this whole time i'm scared to be alone and i'm worried about whether i'm gonna die by myself and all this shit right and as soon as i get to a place where i'm like you know what i would rather be me unapologetically every day of my life than compromise that even a little bit to not have to be alone here right as soon as i decided that i could be happy by myself the universe was like here you go you know mm -hmm. and I had work that I had to put in. She had work that she had to put in. And it was like, we both got to this place where like now we were ready to integrate mm -hmm. that and start to work together, you know? But like, it's gratitude and it's trust. And it's like, one of my favorite things to say is like, you got to stop trying to do things. Right. Right. You just got to fucking do them. Mm -hmm. Right. Alan Watts said that like, 
why you want to be better is what's wrong with you. Like the reason you want to be better is what's wrong with you. Right. And he said the go, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. And like you wanting to do something is not how you accomplish something. In fact, you wanting to do something is going to keep you from accomplishing that. It's like making it happen and trusting in that vibration. Right. And, and just allowing it to materialize in your experience through your gratitude. Right. And I think that's, what's cool about the difference between the fourth dimension and the five dimension is like, it gets to, or in the fifth dimension is it gets to a point where like, you don't have to do any of this shit constantly or consciously, excuse me. Right. It just happens. Right. You're just making these things happen, man. It would be cool if my phone rang. Cause I could really use some abundance right now. Right. And somebody calls you and needs a roof right after that. Or like when you're like, man, I haven't talked to so-and-so in forever and the phone rings and it's them, you know, like that is you embracing your creative abilities in the 5d right and i don't even remember how we got here but like we dictate every aspect of this right mm-hmm. which is my issue with the love and light shit that we were talking about right, i was just gonna say and what they do is they give you a little bit of the truth in that you know start the you know vision board do this do that but they don't how do i say this they don't like they don't really teach the surrender, if that makes any sense. Like they don't tell you how to like actually embrace it. So you get all these people like writing this shit down and then they don't, it doesn't work for them. You know what I mean? Cause that's right. the, the intention's not there. Like you have to, I don't know. I, I just like kind of equate it to like the lottery. If you just constantly buying lottery tickets, hoping you're going to win, you're never going to win. Like you just have to like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so many around. ways to make money here like i'm so sick of people saying like oh i'm you know this poverty mentality it's like just close your eyes think of something and just go do it like you'll make money doing it you know what i mean well right and there's a vibration of scarcity or there's vibration of abundance and there's manufactured scarcity that Mm -hmm. we're taught to exist inside Mm -hmm. right we're not taught model of abundance that's something that we have to learn whether it's intuitively or whether the universe puts somebody in our life that teaches us how this works um but there's abundance everywhere. And we, now we're back to like the why, right? Why there's this manufactured scarcity is because if you operate in that mode, you're going to be willing to trade all of your time and all of your energy for a little bit of paper money so that you can have the things that you think you need, right? You need a job, right? Mm -hmm. You, You need to go to work 40, 50 hours a week, right? And if you're going to work 40 or 50 hours a week, it's really hard to focus on your internal growth or your spiritual growth, right? Whereas if you learn how to make money outside of that system and you don't have to donate so much of your time or exchange so much of your time, now you have all this time to work on yourselves. It's the same reason they've convinced us that fucking gasoline is made from dinosaur bones, right? Or that like we have to get electricity from rivers or from the wind or whatever when tesla was pulling the shit right out of the sky you know there's abundance everywhere but if gas was free if you knew that gas was there that oil was the lifeblood of the earth and that just like when we bleed we produce more oil or we we produce more blood as the earth loses oil it produces more if you knew that the sky was full of this ether right which is probably a great segue into orgone and how that shit works um but if you knew that there was energy everywhere you wouldn't pay $250 a month for your electric bill, right? You wouldn't Mm -hmm. pay $6 a gallon for gasoline, right? And you damn sure wouldn't trade all of your time to be able to facilitate those things, right? And so all of this scarcity is like, and you know, the system works by creating a problem and then selling you a solution. Oh, Mm -hmm. we're in a shortage of baby formula. 
right? There's um, a baby well, formula shortage. Bill Gates has. Yeah, <laughs> breast exactly. Milk. Oh, hey, I've got this uh, synthetic breast milk company that I just started. Oh, we're in a food shortage. Oh, hey, I I'm the biggest owner of farmland in the in 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 the country. You know. Oh, uh, there's this crazy pandemic that's sweeping the globe. Oh, well, guess what? I got this vaccine that is already, you know, yeah. and it's create a problem, sell you a solution. And that's how they keep you stuck in the, in, in the motions, right. That we're all stuck inside. And so being able to break free from that and embrace yourself and embrace the abundance and embrace your ability as a co-creator and trust that you can create all of the abundance that you need to be able to provide for yourself. Right. And that the universe will give it to you if you operate in that vibration of gratitude is all that it takes. And everybody's like, whether it's a, a job that you have or whatever, there's this, this, the same moment that you, the same point that you reach with the crystals where you're standing on the edge, right. And you're looking off and you're like, I really like what's down there, but I don't want to jump. You know, mm -hmm. you're not, the universe is not going to give it to you until you jump. Right? right. And as soon as you jump and there's no going back, you're going to see that it was there the whole time. And you should have jumped a lot sooner, right? But it's it's being able to have the, the the courage and the bravery to make that jump. And it's hard. It's fucking hard, dude. And it's scary. But I'm at a point right now, <clears throat> I firmly believe that fear is a key. Mm -hmm. Okay. And whether it's a fear of heights or whether it's a fear of being alone or whether it's, and that was a huge one for me. I was afraid of being alone. Right. And as soon as I got over my fear of being alone, I found my person. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As soon as I, I had a fear of heights when I was a kid, as soon as I got over my fear of heights, I found my abundance, right? Because that profession is what's taken me to here and given me the freedom to not have to have a normal job, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm good at what I do and I charge a lot and I can work part-time and be able to provide for myself and the people that I need to uh, be able to take care of. You see what I'm saying? And so, but those are directly related to my fears. I was afraid of, of going into the woods by myself because I was going to get eaten, right? I finally face that fear and I go out there and I found my peace. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's where I want to be is in the woods. And so I think that one of my favorite quotes is that everything you seek is right in front of you, right? Just on the other side of everything that you fear. Yep. Right. And if we can learn to start walking towards the things we're afraid of, right. That's how we're going to grow. Cause we're afraid of it for a reason. And that, that fear is the universe telling us that we need that, right. you know, and whether it's, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, it's so, like every roadblock that you think, like, for example, right, I started working for a landscape company part time. And I realized, oh, shit, there's some money to be made here. I just have to take that leap and just do it myself. Same thing. And I started getting in the car dealership stuff and cleaning cars. And it's like, this dealership is making a fuck ton of money. And I'm getting paid pennies. Why don't I just <laughs> do this myself? And right. it's like, and all those things were fear of my, my voice in a sense. And that's where this podcast kind of comes in and helps with that a lot. Um, my confidence level, like, and, and this idea of imposter syndrome where like, I know like deep down that I'm good at what I do, whether it's lawns, cars, art, whatever painting it's, I know I'm good, but there's this like block that I would have that was like, yeah, but you're not good enough to go out and do that on your own. You know what I mean? You can do it if you're working for someone, right. but like, right. And it's like, once you get over that, like whatever your fear is, like you said, heights, whatever, mine was confidence. And it's like, then the abundance is there. Like people always need their lawn cut. People always need their car clean. People right. always need something painted. And it's like, just these little steps that there's plenty of abundance. And I, I just can't stress it enough to people. Like if you 
and you can't be like desperate either. If you're desperate, you're going to get a desperate, shitty situation. Right. Just go out there and like, here's what it is. This is the price I charge. And boom, people will, you're going to get the customer once in a while. That's going to say like, no, fuck you. But you don't want those customers, you know? Well, and I feel that people are scared. They, people don't understand that they are the value, right? right. We're taught that money is the value. Okay? Mm-hmm. Money is not the value. You are the value, right. right? You are what makes a company valuable. It's not the boss that we think we need to be able to create this abundance, right? There is no abundance if that boss doesn't have you to be able to do whatever, whether it's menial or not, that abundance doesn't get created without you, right? Which is why I tell people to never work for somebody who treats them like shit, okay? Because mm-hmm. that's for one of two reasons. You're going to get treated like shit at work, either because that person doesn't understand that you are the value, which means that he doesn't understand business, which means you don't want to work for him, mm-hmm. or he's going to treat you like that because he's a piece of shit. Right. Because right? he does know that you are the value and he's still treating you like dirt, which means you don't want to work for him. Right. So mm-hmm. if somebody, if your boss treats you like shit, then you need to be somewhere else, period. And mm-hmm. I think that everyone should be taking active steps to being able to be their own boss. Right. And how you do that is learning a trade. Right. Learning something that everyone can't do or that a robot can't do. Right. You can go and I understand that people, uh, shelves need stocked and shit too. Right. But like the, you want to go somewhere where there's, growth and expansion and where you can exponentially increase your value. I did a video not too long ago, but like you go and you get a job as a carpenter, you're going to start at 18 bucks an hour. Right. And you invest some time and some intention and some energy into that. And you buy yourself some tools. Right. And in six months you're wearing nail bags and you can cut and pull a number and you can do more than just pack lumber. Now you're worth 24 bucks an hour. You see what I'm saying? Because you're not a laborer anymore. Now you're a carpenter and a carpenter is worth this, right? And it's that's that's just a, a good example for me because that's the trade that I'm in. But there's lots of ways to do that, whether you you can be an artist, right? And it, But you don't want to be a laborer, right? right. You want to be a laborer as long as you have to, to be able to learn whatever trade that you're wanting to do. Because once you're that, now you don't need the person above you, right? Mm-hmm you do need the trust and the confidence to be able to go out and, 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 and put yourself out there and say, this is me, this is what I can do, right? Which is hard. When I first started selling my own work, it was very challenging for me. I didn't want to charge enough, right? So I was taking these jobs to try to be cheaper and then I wasn't making any money. And it was like, because I didn't understand that I was the value, right? right? Um, and I think a big part of that is the, the self-love thing. We don't think that we deserve the abundance, which is another thing that's been hijacked to the self-love. Right. Yeah. We don't think that we deserve the abundance. So we have a hard time creating the abundance, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as you understand, I do deserve this, right. Then you're going to start to manifest that in your experience. We have all these energetic blocks that get in front of us, but we're still back to get the fuck out of your own way. Right. And I just like with the self-love stuff, it's like, it's amazing how like self-love has turned into like, you know, fat worship and like love you know yeah be comfortable same thing and, and you know and it's like just and you know, should be comfortable but you should right. also love yourself enough to take care of yourself exactly right? exactly and it's like just stop with this like trapping yourself in this in this box in this group like if you love yourself you're not going to let yourself get to that point of obesity or you know poverty or whatever the f- you name the topic right you're gonna right. it's Self-care. like care Self-care comes along with self-love. And it just, again, they've hijacked that to make it like this uh, body positive image type thing. And it's like, no, strive for like, set the standard higher. You know what I mean? Like, like you are capable of 
anything, you know, like, it, it's just, I don't Once know. Once you man. find that self-love, you start wanting to pay attention to what you're putting into your body, right? Hashtag mm-hmm. stop drinking fluoride, you know? Right. Um, but like you start to, you start to care or, and, and everything that is presented to you mainstream is trying to kill you. We had this conversation the first time we talked, like everyone yeah. is trying to kill me, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, oh, you're 16. So they're going to put you on birth control now, right? Well, trying to kill you here you're thirsty here's a drink of water trying to kill you oh you're having a hard time you're depressed here's a pill trying to kill you oh you're Mm -hmm. hungry here's some food trying to kill you you know like anything that is easy to attain is or or, or being endorsed by this machine that we exist inside is trying to kill you so like you know as far as like embracing this shit and getting out of your own way it's like be fucking weird right? right like be different you trying to be the same as everybody else is trying to kill you. That's what this system is designed to do. You have to be okay with being different and being you unapologetically because the universe can't give you these gifts. If you pretend like you're everyone else, because you're not like everyone else. Right. We're all different. And that's, that's where I saw my show kind of headed towards that path. It was like, I don't want, I, I want to talk about the weird shit. You know, I want to talk about, shit that I'm actually interested stuff that I've experienced stuff that other people have experienced. Like, I don't want to talk about how to fucking heal yourself through meditation. Like that every other asshole with a book talks about like, yes, well, yes, there's truth in it. I, I know there's truth in it, but like, I, I want to go into the weird realms. You know, I want to be, I want my voice to stand out. Cause I know it does in a lot of ways, but there's other things I still need to work on too, but it's just like, Yeah. The unapologetically yourself, you know, me and my wife have had this conversation multiple times and it's like, you know, oh, anyone can do with that. that and it's like, yeah, but they're not you. You know what I mean? People are paying right. for you. People are paying for your interpretation on it. And stuff. so when we got to understand we're a work in progress, right, dude, stop trying to be freaking perfect, right? Or be like, this is what I have. This is what I control. This is what I can do in this moment to work towards where I want to be. Right. Because it's really easy to go, well, I want to be this and I can't be right now. So fuck it. I'm just going to give up, you know, and Mm -hmm. whether it's, and it's, it's okay to not be perfect all the time. Right. We want to take care of ourselves, but it's okay to eat a fucking cookie. You know what I mean? Like we got to stop being so hard on ourselves and understand that like, this is a process. Right. And that, that we're all a little fucked up. Mm-hmm. all of us are and this is where like shadow work comes in dude is being able to embrace that and sit with that shout out taylor lena um but like us being able to to Im- Im- embrace that side of ourselves the imperfect side right because you can't be perfect you can't mm-hmm. um and learning how to embrace that and transmute these things into something usable like a big thing in the love and like me is like this ego death notion right like you need your fucking ego dude you you need it yeah you need it, it, it you can't you don't i'm convinced that, that the, the ego death is to keep like you said earlier like to keep you complacent yeah. to keep you docile to keep you passive you know pacified and it's i'm sorry but like you can be a spiritual human being that vibrates love, but like you, you've said before too, like you, sometimes you got to punch someone in the face. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you got, you know, like it's yeah. not a bad thing to be able to protect yourself. No. You know what I mean? Like you said, even monks know martial arts, right? right? 
And a, a lot of that is about self-discipline and commitment and, you know, but like, it's not a bad thing to be able to protect the people you care about. Right. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing. I am not super proud of the fact that I fought everything that moved for 15 mm -hmm. years of my life. Right. But I do take some peace in the fact that like, if I'm walking down the street with my family and some dude comes up and tries to hurt somebody that I care about, I have the ability to probably disarm them. Right. And, and protect the things that I care about. That's something that I find a lot of peace in. Uh, mm -hmm. There's, there's also a difference between being proud of something and having something in your repertoire that could come in handy someday, right? Like I'm not going around bragging about how often I fought and, and all the big guys I beat up. It's like, like owning, I used to. yeah, it's like owning a gun. It's like, I'm not going around to like, you know, show this thing off, but it's there if I need right. it, you know, right. it's, it's there if, if, it, if the time comes and same thing, like it's all about the intention. If I, you know, use that gun to shoot an animal to feed my family, some people will say that's a horrible thing, but like, it's all about the intention behind it. Like if you're obviously going out and killing people, that's stupid. Don't do that. But like, right. it's just that. And everybody who ever said guns were bad was like, shit, I wish I had a gun as soon as they were getting robbed. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Like, it's great to pretend like everything is love and light all over the place. Right. Until homie kicks your door down and you've got no way to protect yourself. And you call the 911. It takes them 45 minutes to get a fucking social worker out to your house. You know what I mean? Which is where we're headed. If we're, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. um and but as far as hunting goes personal, personal accountability too i mean it's yeah totally and as far as hunting goes like is it worse i i really struggled with the meat thing mm -hmm. i really struggled with the meat thing i think i was plant-based when we talked the first time yeah um and i damn near it would it was getting close to killing me i was really unhealthy um, I had no strength, no energy, no motivation, you know, and for some people that works, right? Mm -hmm. For some people, some people are very happy and healthy and do really well on a plant-based diet. I'm not one of them. And I really struggled with that, right? Because I didn't like the idea that for me to live, something else had to die, right? And I ended up going down to the mountain. I had a really, really heavy mushroom experience, right? And I realized that fucking plants are alive too, dude. Mm -hmm. They might not be conscious to the same level right in the same they might not be conscious in the same way that a cow is right but when you go up and you learn how to connect with these trees right and 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 communicate with it and you can dude you can i know it sounds crazy to a lot of people that like the trees can talk to you but when you really develop that bond with nature you realize that all of that shit is alive and all of it's conscious right and who are you to decide what form of consciousness is superior to another form of consciousness. Everything is here. It has a place. It has a reason, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of just the way that this world works, right? So I'm less concerned about that something is dying because for me to sustain myself, something is going to die, period. Right. That's a reality that exists here. And more concerned about the life that it lived, right? And how it was treated and how it was honored, right? I would much rather take an, an elk that lived a full life in the woods, take that animal, honor that animal, give that animal my gratitude, use every bit of it that I can, right? And sustain myself off of that than a fucking cow that was treated like shit and hit in the head with a sledgehammer, you know? And it, like, and anybody who can't understand that ideology is, is either lying to me or lying to themselves, right? right? And feel how you will about guns or hunting, but like, there is honor in the way that the Native Americans lived, 
right? Mm -hmm. And the relationship that they had with nature and they understood that there was balance and they understood that they could only take so many of these without disrupting nature, right? And they would go start taking them from here. They had a very pure and raw and deep connection with mother earth, which is something that we've lost as a culture. It's very easy for us to sit here and point fingers at each other and tell us you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this. But <clears throat> until you have felt that connection, that personal connection, with nature and with the universe and with the fucking trees right. in my opinion you don't have a right to speak on it right and to anyone that like get yourself a house plant and take care of it and you will know right away that right. is it the same as taking care of a dog no is it the same as taking care of a kid no but it's all about what you put into it and something that like because i tried the plant base too a couple years ago and i was sick as hell like I just, I wasn't digesting things properly stuff. It just didn't work. And I have to have meat in my diet. And what I say to people, cause I'm, I'm very much, you know, if I can hunt the meat myself, I will. And my dad's a big hunter too. Anything I can get that's, you know, ethically sourced, I try, but sometimes you still have to shop at these grocery stores and stuff. And, you know, I I've come up with, and maybe this is just mind over matter for me, but like, if I see meat sitting in the supermarket, like, I feel like I'm also dishonoring the animal if I just let that go to waste. I tried my best to do sure. this intention to say like, I, like it sounds stupid and corny, man, but like, I'll say like, listen, I, I, I'm, I sorry for whatever happened in your life, but I'm thankful that I can, you know, right. give you some purpose to this. You know what I mean? And like I said, I try my best to get, you know, local source meat and stuff like that but sometimes you know with a family and two dogs that i won't feed dog food to they eat just as good as the you know kids so does mine yeah and you gotta <laughs> sometimes you gotta buy the purdue chicken you know sometimes you gotta buy this and i think as long as you put that intention and set that kind of uh a, a gratitude i guess is the only way to say it. like just thank the animal and honor it by eating it and saying like you know sorry for what happened but at least there's a, a positive end result for all of it, you know? Right. Well, and on food, dude, I, I think that it's crucial that people, I, for example, struggled with the vegan thing so hard because I'm, I'm RH negative. I'm O negative, RH negative. Right. And we're taught that all, again, we're all the fucking same, right. Is mm -hmm. what we're taught. I need like four times the amount of protein that somebody with a different blood type may need. Right. I don't produce iron the same way that, people with a different blood type than I do. I have all this copper that occurs naturally in my body, right? But I need red meat or to supplement iron super heavily. I need like 100, 100 to 140 grams of protein a day for my body weight to be healthy, to be optimal, right? Mm -hmm. And what is this experience about when it comes to the, 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 the physical experience? If it's not about optimizing your, uh, your human vessel, right? And honoring, just because like we got to honor the animals and nature, we need to honor our human vessel because this is the vessel that we drive to exist in this experience, right? Just like the, the fluoride shit, like you can't be the best you if you don't care about you enough to take care of it, you know? And the, the blood type thing for me was huge because it, it started to explain like, why I have allergies and why, you know, and, and there's, there's all these things and we're not taught to learn that. Right. But your blood type has a direct correlation with the way that you need to sustain yourself. And most people I talk to don't know theirs. Right. And, um, it's, 
it's huge when it when it comes to diet especially right but there's also other things that you can start to learn about yourself once you get that blood that that blood type dialed in but i think that that is a huge part of uh of, of honoring yourself and that self-love thing is trying to make sure that you're taking care of your body to the best of your ability. Right. Because I mean, are you going to change the oil in your car? You know, cause that's what this vessel is. If you ask me, this is the car that we drive on the freeway of life, right? We are mm-hmm. a spiritual being taking part in a physical experience. And our medium for that is this physical body right? You have the brain and you have the mind, which are two separate things, right? The brain is an organ that is not capable of producing a thought, okay? The brain is an amplifier of thought. It's an antenna. You have the mind, which is using the brain via the pineal gland to inject or project our intention into this 3D experience, right? And you can't do that if it's not healthy, right? right. You can't drive the meat suit if I think on Matt's podcast, the, the, the analogy that we used was imagine trying to drive your car from the back seat with the windshield iced over, right. You know, that's what trying to drive with a calcified pineal gland is right. And, and imagine trying to drive with no gasoline, right. Or the wrong gasoline, right. We wouldn't do that shit to our car. So why would we do it to our bodies? You know? Right. Right. It's, I don't know, man. It's amazing. The, the brainwashing that some people are, are just comfortable living in. And it's, it is all fear. It's all fear-based. And I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that thought, but it really well, I don't is. I don't even know how we got here. Dude, I don't either. But uh, we, we, we started talking about Oregon. It's, it's crazy because I want to, I'm still thinking about the, the walk-in experience too, <laughs> but it's like, We'll definitely do another episode soon, man. But um, I was going to say with the, with the crystals, right? I know you get asked a lot. I, people are asking me now, like, where do you start? What are you doing? You know, I, I was giving them your answer for a while, like go with what feels right. But some, sometimes that's not good enough for people. So I've just been telling people, get yourself a piece of clear quartz and see what sure. happens. You know, sure. I, I, I feel like that's a comfortable enough, like a, a well-rounded enough piece to lead people in the right direction. But um, I was going to say, what are some out of the box crystals that you work with, you know, kind of some unconventional ones that have had interesting effects in your life? Because for me, just outside of the normal, are we talking less available, less available outside the normal, like, because you know, you go into a lot of crystal shops, they have your amethyst, rose quartz, smoky, you know, I get nervous answering these questions. Yeah. Right. Cause like what happened to Moldavite as soon as somebody talked about it on. Right. 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 So let's, <laughs> let's, let's not do uh less available. Let's say some unconventional ones that like, for me, like the Peter site, right. This is it's fairly on. It, it's pretty common enough, but like. It's a right pocket carry. I don't go yeah. that Peter site mm-hmm. anywhere. I don't say it's, it goes in the right pocket. Another one that I carry in my right pocket is called hypersteam, right. Mm-hmm. Which is a very potent psychic activator. Um, was very helpful in me embracing my gifts and starting to trust myself and my intuition. Um, in my right pocket, I've also got a ruby is a very, um, and you don't, people think ruby and they think diamonds, rubies, sapphires, and pearls. Like I, it doesn't have to be a high grade ruby. It's just a, uh, very, um, 
it kind of lives sapphire in that right here sacred there you go it kind of mm-hmm. lives in that sacral area for me um which is something our our sexuality is another thing that's really been corrupted in in pop culture right and um I think that Ruby can be a potent way to kind of start to embrace those things and realize that your sex, like what your sexual energy is. And, you know, that's what I believe ether is or Mm -hmm. orgone or chi or ki or mana or prana or whatever you want to call this force that every culture since the beginning of time has written about. I believe that it is ambient sexual energy. Okay. Um, The ancients knew that sexual energy was the key to creation and to, um, healing all of it is is very closely associated with your sexuality and that sexual energy right so i believe that when we experience release right because there's an instant shift that takes place upon that release i mean we've all done something and as soon as we experience that release we're like what am i doing right like who is this per- like who is this person who i was five seconds ago you know what i mean mm-hmm. we've all experienced that um because we're not taught how to control or use or or or, or harness or, or understand our sexual energy right um we're taught that we get horny and we have to find that release right um and so i and i think that when when we experience that we go back about our daily life and it slowly starts to build back up right and we start regaining this sexual energy and then it gets so again we don't know how to use it so it starts to build up build up build up we get horny we have to experience this release and it's just this constant cycle which is why porn is free and which is why shit is uh, weaponized the way that it is in pop culture and everything else, right? And I, I think that it's to keep us from learning how to utilize this sexual energy properly because sex is a sacred act, right? And when you have sex with someone, you are imprinting. They are imprinting on you energetically, right? And we're taught to just go and have sex with everything that moves, right? And that's our job as a man is to go and procreate and just if it moves, you know, do it. And uh, that is very intentional, right? But I think that what organite is and what organ that energy is, is that it has to go somewhere, right? Because energy is never created or destroyed. It's just transferred, mm-hmm. right? So if you really believe that, then where does this energy go upon release, right? I think that is just, let's call it being stored in the cloud. Imagine us in a little fishbowl, right? And the fish burps and the bubble goes up and it sits at the top of the tank, right? And then it kind of, the, the fish continues to breathe the fish continue, and eventually this comes back, right? And so I think that this energy, this, this life force, right? That we can use to literally create life, right? Because that's what you can do with your sexual energy, right? We can create life. When you think mm-hmm. about it like that, it's a pretty profound, it's a pretty profound thing, right? And um, which is why like, the embracing the dual nature in this world is so important and uniting these divine opposites childbirth is like a very very uh practical and also very profound example of that right you have the divine feminine the divine masculine coming together and becoming one temporarily right and then and then creating life and so just like whether it's in manifestation or whether it's in finding your path or or uh just walking your journey you're taking this dark and this light and you're combining them right which is what shadow work is and learning to embrace the dual nature of that you're taking good and you're taking bad because you start to understand that these things are subjective and their perspective and uniting those things right and creating your own path that is what it is that's that's what this is 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 combining these divine opposites right and using them to create 
right? And so I think that 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 is what this sexual energy is, is if you're masculine, being able to embrace this feminine energy and, and learning how to make it usable instead of just trying to launch it every direction that you possibly can, you know? And so as we release that, I think this organite or whether it was Tesla and his ether technology, right? Or the Egyptians and their obelisk because Egypt had lights, bro. It had lights. They were pulling the shit right out of the sky because they knew it was there and they understood there was this sacred energy that was everywhere, right? And they knew how to use it. Um, we got there from Ruby, but I think that Ruby and 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 embracing this sacral chakra that is corrupted through all of this weaponized sexuality right. is a good way to help yourself tap into that power. Yeah, and I was going to say too, like we, we you said, you know, creating life, and I'm not taking anything away from childbirth, but the sacral chakra is also your creativity. What what totally. Kind of- art project are you going to do what passion it's like it's all corrupted you know and that's why you see so much dark art out there that's why you see so much like creation is a whole right right, it doesn't matter what you're talking about life or art yeah right like movies suck now like everything is shit because like i I believe there is a huge attack on the sacral chakra as well as the third i mean all of them you just kind of go through the chakra system the seven main ones at least and see what they're attacking with it (laughs) you know right well, and another crystal that not many people know about that I think is is huge is I talked about this on my family thinks I'm crazy, but uh, Azurine, yeah. right? It prevents gotta... any form of entity attachment. It's a fucking fantastic stone. Uh, Columbianite is another one that's created during asteroidal impact, similar to Moldavite. It just landed in Colombia instead of the Czech Republic where uh, Moldavite was formed. You've got prophecy stone is another huge one that's one of my favorites which you've worked with personally and is mm-hmm. a fucking game changer i go everywhere with prophecy stone in my pocket you've got libyan desert glass which has really really cool properties that's not one that people constantly talk about um <clears throat> fenakite has incredibly high vibrations that can be a lot for people to work with and combining it with stones like moldavite and shit like that can be very very potent um danberite is one that is i think very commonly overlooked as because but that one is like more available it's not as expensive so people think that it's not right you know as cool but there are lots of stones that another really cool one is crop circle flint i think we've talked about this too um so when they find these crop circles right Mm -hmm. they find this flint in these crop circles right and it's geologically it's just flint mm-hmm. but energetically it's very very different right? right and we always find it in these crop circles and we can't understand why and if you work with a piece of flint and you work with a piece of crop circle flint you'll be able to feel the difference in these two things and so it's like who's creating these crop circles and why are they leaving this energetically strange flint there but it's got very very unique and very cool properties it's a lot of fun to work with yeah and it's a whole lot of fun to work with yeah no i i haven't so those are kind of some rocks that are interesting right because i find i find chert all over the place here and chert has like an interesting energy to it another weird one i like to work with is pumice like okay yeah you know this piece of pumice i found in cape cod on the beach and you know i'm not talking about like the pumice you buy at you know marshalls and (laughs) scrub your feet with but this has some weird it could just be because it's from the ocean but it's got a very cool like uh i I guess cleansing type feel like it keeps me very 
it, it's a Saturday crystal for sure. It's got a lot of Saturn <laughs> energy to it. Uh, lava stone, you know, lava rocks. I, I try to find as many as I can around here and work with like the stuff. Like I find a lot of coal around here too. Like coal and jet are very similar. Well, that's They're all Shungite is. Yeah. I, I, I got all, all three of them right here. <laughs> I got jet, piece of coal, and Shungite. But Shungite is supposed to be like 2.4 billion years old, dude. Mm -hmm. And that and fossils too, man. Uh, Stromalotite I've been working with and like Orthoceras. Those What's the circular one? Um, oh, uh, Ammonite. Yeah, Taylor and I just both got a really cool piece of that while we were down mm -hmm. in Southern Oregon. Um, and I really, really like working with it. Um, but here's the thing, man, like feels cool to you work with it. Right. And that's what I tell you know? people too. It's like, you know, cause like, even like my stepson and stuff, like he's not into the whole crystal thing. He's, he's very anti it, but I think that's just part of his age and rebelling and stuff like that, because I know he gets vibrations off of them, but uh, just like, just find a cool rock. You know what I mean? Find a cool yeah. rock that resonates with you. Oh, well, here's another Let that one. inner child out, you know, like, just like when you were a kid and you're like, that's cool. I want that. You know, like we're yeah. taught not to I do that, that as adults. Right. Here's another one. Apache tear, man. I love working Dude. with that thing. <laughs> Got it. This was actually one of my, technically Apache tear was my first crystal. Uh, my grandpa went to Alaska and went to uh, Arizona and bought a bunch of them and brought mm -hmm. them back. And I thought they were garnet. Um mm -hmm. But he, I didn't know what they were. I think they were, I was like, oh, cool. Papa brought back some rocks, you know, mm -hmm. like they're, they're cool rocks. But I, I never worked with them or gave them any attention until after the thing with Amethyst happened. Right. Um, but there had been a whole cup of them sitting on top of the computer desk for my entire childhood um, that I just never looked at twice because I didn't embrace that, mm -hmm. that crystal kingdom like we talked about, dude. Um, and I think whether it's, crystals or um uh, creating abundance or uh, it, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do it's it's just embracing whatever this finding a partner it's just embracing yourself mm -hmm. right and allowing the getting out of your own way to allow these things to to manifest in your experience because we all have the ability to do this shit like i get messages from people all the time um and like I'm not, I mean, I'm different because we're all different, right? But like, I'm not doing anything that somebody else doesn't have the ability to do, right? And I'm, I may understand that I've got some walk-in shit going on, right? But I'm still trying to understand myself and my path the same way that everyone else is, right? And the best way I know how to do that is to try to exist in a vibration of gratitude, continue walking towards the things that I'm afraid of, right? And trust in myself and in the universe that it will provide for me and that whatever my purpose is, is going to manifest when I'm ready to fulfill that purpose. Like that's, that's it. I think that's all you can do. Right. And, right. and work on the hard shit, dude. Like mm -hmm. this isn't supposed to be easy all the time. And I feel like from the outside, people like think that you have a spiritual awakening and then you just have it all figured out and everything's easy after no, that. Like not that's when shit gets really hard is when you have that spiritual awakening. And it's like the leveling up, you man. Take that, the worse it's gonna hurt. Right. You know, the harder it's gonna be. 
it's leveling it up. Get like it gets right, harder. video games don't get easier as you, you know, get to the higher level. Right. It's going to get harder. And if you're not willing to put in the work, I mean, the universe isn't going to get mad at you. Right. No. It's just, you're just not able to receive the gifts that are in front of you right. uh, for when you do put in that work. And I also believe that like, it's never going to sh- throw you something that you can't handle. You know what I mean? Right. You just have it, to believe in yourself. Right. You just have to just, okay, this is the next set of challenges. We just got to get through them. But yeah, dude, I could talk about crystals all day. I'm holding my piece of Iolite. Iolite. That's another really good psychic yeah. activator. Yeah, dude. This one, Peter site. Um, Shaman stone. You ever work with shaman stones? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, they all, and, uh, What's another one that's not too, too common is uh, Indigo Gabbro and Labradorite. Those are like my, my dream crystals. They all <laughs> stay on the Labradorite's really cool too, because it manifests in so many different colors and like the way that you carve it can make it appear different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it can be really beautiful greens and blues. It can be like a, almost like a yellow color and um, you know, fluorite, I have, a tough relationship. I break fluorite, right? And I know it sounds silly that a crystal could break from from you working with it. Um, but the idea of working with these crystals is to tune into its vibrations, right? And that's that's how you can learn from that's how you can communicate with it is from, from matching that vibration. And sometimes when vibrations match, like in music, you have two things harmonize and it can get really loud, right? It can it can resonate and create a new sound that's much more intense or much louder and that same thing can happen energetically with you in a crystal and sometimes and this is something that i'm still learning right I, i've broken i don't know six or seven crystals fairly recently including a 1300 vogel wand that i had for literally two days before i broke it um so it's like it's something that takes practice and we're all very capable right? We all have, we're spiritual beings and the amount of energy and, and that, that we are allowed, that we're able to produce and utilize is almost immeasurable, right? And sometimes that shit gets a little out of hand, right? And fluorite is one of those stones that like I'm really drawn to and I really like, but I fucking break it, man, all the time. It's funny you said that. I bought like uh, I had a little chunk of it, right? And I was just like holding it, <laughs> literally just split in half like two days ago. So I gave a piece to my son, you know, put a piece on yeah. my wife's nightstand. But yeah, same thing. Like I had an angelite one that I bought and shit literally just <laughs> jumped out of my hand. Like there's no logical explanation for it. I was just holding it, sitting yeah. with it. And it just like just fell out. Like I was using it for podcasting, fell out, shattered on the floor. So I just ground it down and made two little towers out of it but yeah it's well, just until like until you feel a crystal crack in your hand i don't mm-hmm. expect anyone to believe that you know yeah. that's one of those things that like i'll say or like talking to trees dude like i don't expect anybody to get it you know but right until, but when you put yourself out there and you understand that like and you really understand that there is a connection to be made there you'll experience it and you're not going to experience it before that and you know if you don't buy it you're not going to, you're not going right. to get it. It's not going right. to happen for you. Right. You and know? again, and that's because uh, like I said, I, I was there. I thought it was all bullshit. I shouldn't say I thought it was all bullshit. I thought it was evil. I thought it was tapping into dark energies and stuff, but it just goes back to whatever intention you're putting into it. And what also like not putting too much 
emphasis on it either. You know, it's like, right. I'm carrying this piece. Let's like, you can't expect, like if you're, you're holding this piece of Peter site and you're like, I'm going to have an out of body experience. Like it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. You have no, to you stop trying to do shit and do right. shit. Right. You know? Exactly. But uh, yeah, man, well, we've been going for quite a while here. Oh, go ahead. Or I, no, I was, I was about to start some shit. I was going to say, I got to go in a minute, but I'll tell yeah. you my theory on crystals and why they are and what they are yeah. real quickly. And then we'll do another podcast about it, but for sure. Um, petrification. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. is, is how we'll start that. So mm -hmm. um, mesas, right? Petrified trees. Okay. I think that these crystals are petrified beings from another age, which is why they carry the energetic imprint that they do, why they're conscious. And um, anybody that that sounds crazy to, I encourage them to look up. There was a boot. There was a boot that was found in the late nineties. Called the limestone a, cowboy. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. So it had a petrified foot in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, they found the manufacturer of the boot. It came from night. It was manufactured in 1915. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it petrified what's really interesting is it petrified it had it had lots of different components of different minerals in it there was the components of rhodochrosite in it which and looks gold. like fucking flesh there was gold right. and silver that occurred in the veins from the blood that was inside this foot now when we mine gold and you find when you're on the gold what are you following a gold vein a gold vein <laughs> and how much do we believe in coincidence or arbitrary bullshit when it comes to the words we use uh zero because it's all uh, exactly. manufactured so like <laughs> if you assume that these things are ancient beings that have been petrified over time, right? Does that, if, if that makes it easier for you to tap into that energy, then assume that. Cause there's a lot of compelling evidence that says that that might be the case. A lot. Of I 100% agree. It, this is a topic that I want to dive deeper into. Um, but yeah, man, this has been awesome. I'm so honored. I get to be on your first episode. I got to get running here. I hear my dogs. They're starting to get antsy. But uh, I gotta get going too, man. Much gratitude. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Let's not wait eight months again to do Deal. this. <laughs> Deal. I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate you being here. And uh, again, if anybody wants to talk about this walk in thing more, has theories, comments, concerns, questions, fucking thoughts, ideas, reach out. I'm Hatter Will Happen, Hatter underscore will underscore happen on Instagram. I'd love to hear it. Um, I message back to all my DMs unless you're trying to hit on me or something, in which case I will not respond. I had to add that little disclaimer because I got some pretty interesting messages after the last time <laughs> I said that on a podcast. Um, so thanks again, dude. I appreciate you. I love you. And uh, let's do it again. Definitely, man. All right.